This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special episode of the Housewives Archives. I can't remember. The last oh. <laughs> Shall I do it? No, 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 I've got it. A podcast where we discuss in all detail. No. A podcast where we discuss in. A podcast. What is it? A podcast a, where we discuss. In great depth. Okay, all... got it. A podcast where we discuss in great depth all things real housewives. My name's Ellie Nunn and James, I thought you was going to get with Alex. (laughs) It's my co-host, James Evans. Hi. See, now I got thrown there in my Mm defence because we're not talking about the Real Housewives today. It's totally through a loop. Yes. And also, you just like lobbed the intro at me five seconds before we started recording and it meant I had to come up with a witticism and I couldn't remember how Alan Cullen said dollars, so... <laughs> dollars. No, that was so... Dollars. has been a murder. <laughs> now, before we say anything else, mm-hmm. I think it's worth addressing as co-hosts of this podcast... Yeah. ...the slight uncanniness... Oh, right. The Traitors US chose your doppelganger, Mm -hmm. Mr. Alan Cummings, in totally high camp tartan, exactly how I think you would present the show. It's how I go through life when I'm running errands. And that the UK Traitors only went and chose the most famous fringed (laughs) brunette suit-wearing UK presenter, Claudia Winkleman. It's like our doppelgangers presented the shows and I think I would have presented it very like her but with bigger breasts I mean they approached me first and it's one of the biggest regrets I've ever had I was like that sounds terrible I play mafia on the daily I'm not gonna do that and then they went to Alan (laughs) my nemesis stalker typical so for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about and it's like what where's all of my wonderful Real Housewives juicy content that I'm used to James and I could not pass up the opportunity to use our enormous platform and our nationwide audience our international I don't know why you're laughing to discuss the absolute phenomenon that has been the traitors UK US. We had to take it onto this podcast for nothing else because I have exhausted the amount of family and friends that I've been chatting, cornering and yelling at them Dorinda style about how amazing, how simple but effective this show is. James, I'm in a new relationship. It's a it's a it's a miracle he hasn't left. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's been the ultimate test. I put him through about three episodes before it was a a hard veto came down. So for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, oh, I've already said that. But just just to um, to explain what The Traitors is. No, I'm doing this all wrong. I'm giddy, James. <clears throat> this is particularly exciting for James and I because we actually haven't spoken about The Traitors yet, apart from the odd text message. So we're both sort of frothing with excitement mm-hmm. to um, to get into the discussion. Firstly, I should probably just say, how you doing? I'm good. I'm well. I'm currently in... Cincinnati doing a show. I don't know if you saw, I had a moustache the other day. I had to grow it super quick. I know, where's it gone? They didn't want it anymore. So I had to get rid of it again. Barbara Kay came and went. It was Barbara 2.0 and then she was gone. A little cameo. <laughs> little flash. Flashed her hammer, said hi, and then left. I've been laughing a lot because I've been... So before we get on to The Traitors, I dipped back into Real Housewives of New York. I've had the most wonderful couple of weeks watching... Basically from Bethany's re-entrance, I think I watched about halfway through that season, through mm-hmm. now to Bethany's exit. Oh, wow. And it's felt really sad because I've got to Bethany's exit and it's that moment where you go, oh, there's not really any point in me carrying on. I could, but it's not going to give me the same hit that I'm looking for. And it's also that it's tinged with this sadness of knowing that it's all coming to an end. And it yeah. just, it does not get better than, than really... I've got to give it to her. It's because of Luann's journey through Tom and her arrest and then Cabaret. It's just such a satisfying 
arc. She's so satisfyingly un- insufferable. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm really gutted to have got to the end of it. And anyway, I've been watching Barbara Kay. So the highlight of that whole journey, really. It's, it's so funny when they're in Miami and you basically forget she's there until that morning where she comes in and is upset that no one's talking to her. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're on this trip. It's one of those fascinating, and it happens on occasion throughout the cities where they've cast someone clearly as a full-time housewife, they're filming as a full-time housewife. Who just can't deliver. And they sort of get demoted in real time as they're filming. And she starts having that breakdown. Demoted in real time to the point that by the reunion, she's not even in the, she's in the reunion for about 10 minutes. She's just like this tanned ghost. They all sort of take the piss out of her for her spray tan. Bethany wipes it off of her as some sort of show of dominance, like the alpha dog. (laughs) picking on the runt of the litter and then she just shuffles off stage again oh my god i totally forgot that that was the reunion where when they wheel barbara k out (laughs) on a big jcb talk about how luan how luan can't sing and when luan's like well i'll have you know if i can't sing then why have i just been cast in chicago on Broadway. That's where Barbara Case shines. She's the straight woman to set Luann up, to hit it out the park once again with a fantastic episode of delusion. But just, yeah, it's so bizarre when Barbara Case is just having a nervous breakdown in Miami and she's like, I don't think I'm cut out for this. And everyone else is sort of like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you are. Oh, it's so mad. So interesting. Um, how do we get onto Barbara Kay? Oh, my moustache. How are you? Good. We don't. We don't. We simply don't have time for. Um, we don't. We got all it. of the chaos of my life. So we just need to go. Let's just, let's just, let's dive in. So, so really interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wait. Mm. Okay. We should probably start by explaining, just in case for some reason, why well, I suppose someone might be listening to this where they haven't seen the traitors because they're expecting Real Housewives content, which you, really we should be which delivering. Is fair enough. It's fair. Yeah. So for mm. anyone who's severely disappointed, The Traitors is a new TV show that has caught fire very quickly. So quickly, in fact, that I, I believe that they basically filmed the UK one and then the second that the UK cast were wheeled out, they just flew in the American they just like, cast. Come on in, Brandy. The <laughs> same castle and straight yeah. after the Australia. I mean, they, they realised they hit gold and they were just like, like getting your money's worth? Cash in. So yeah. James and I are all too familiar with the game Mafia because any theatre kid or person who has spent a summer trucking it up to Edinburgh and flyering in the rain will be familiar with the lifesaver that is the late night drinking game, Mafia. So the way Mafia works as a game, uh, we'd all be sort of sat around in some grimy kitchen in Edinburgh Mm. with like warm glasses of cheap Jacob's Creek white wine and everyone's sort of smoking out the the window. Mm. Yeah. And someone terribly narcissistic normally and quite full of themselves would narrate Mm-hmm. the entire evening where the setup is that you're all villagers in a small town and they silently choose a couple of people by tapping them when everyone's got their eyes shut to be the mafia and then everyone closes their eyes and at night the mafia open their eyes and they silently choose people to kill off and then between rounds you as the villagers have to all debate amongst yourselves who you think it is and it's basically an excuse for everyone to get very drunk and very defensive and shout at each other and get I mean they're very gripping games oh yeah it will end in tears you sort of you love it or hate it I saw so many couples argue because it was like I didn't know you could lie like that I don't know you had this side to you yeah yeah yeah, I think we're thinking about the same I think we're we're thinking about the same game (laughs) that happened um yeah yeah, it's quite a marmite game i know some people like my lovely ex-boyfriend andy uh loathed it because he said if you're naturally quiet then everyone just votes you off immediately for being too quiet they've got something to hide exactly and he said basically mafia just meant i would spend the evening because once you're dead you also aren't allowed to speak (laughs) so it's like i just spend the evening basically jinxed just silently in the corner watching everyone else play a game it was no fun whatsoever i also think it affects because i've now played it with my friends who aren't theater people they're not actors and i'm now lumbered with the role of being the narrator oh the narcissistic the only one with the sense of storytelling and also because i look like alan cumming so I then feel like I can never have fun in the game and then I'm watching people who they don't commit to the bit, you know? Oh, that's no good. That's no good at all. Get yeah. yourself some tartan and I'm sure that they'll perk up. I know, a tartan berry and then we're good to go. And yeah. then I think people will catch on about how, the high how seriously we're we need to, to take the yeah. game. Right, 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 right. So, um, um, 
so, <laughs> so, so I catch their attention. The, the 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 premise of the game has been taken into TV show format. Utterly glorious high camp, all in this castle up in Scotland, where. Oh, well, we'll talk about discrepancies between the UK and the US one, but, you know, they're all staying at this castle and every night the chosen traitors murder someone. So what's interesting about this is I watched the UK one first and then the US mm-hmm. series and you watched the US series and then the UK one. Yes. And I I wonder if that will make a difference to what our experience of the show was because they're quite different. Oh, completely. I, and I don't really know which one to talk about first first i think maybe well, it makes sense yeah no. i was just gonna say they're so interesting because they're so different even that despite being on the same set all of the tasks and missions are the same mm-hmm. sets and the same games and so it's really interesting to have quite a literal sort of side-by-side comparison right the most notable difference being that the u.s version of the show decided to incorporate sort of B C list celebrities from other mm-hmm. reality TV shows mixed in with sort of regular everyday folk where the UK show was entirely um muggles. sort of muggles. Which I think totally changes the dynamic. Do you think better to start with the UK one? I think I, the UK is the original. Okay. All right. We can start with the UK one. The UK one I'm kind of it's I have more recency bias towards it. I'm kind of chomping at the bit to talk about it. Let's do it. So UK one is all normies and the big takeaway for me that i found is the cultural differences and what really surprised me about the uk one is how much more emotional it felt how viscerally people Mm. were affected by the game how much it took a toll on them both faithfuls and traitors mm-hmm. alike that for the most part the majority of the traitors there was like a really heavy emotional toll where they were racked with guilt and that really surprised me considering stereotypically we're all stiff upper lip i thought people would have much more easily been able to sort of quantify the game as a game and i feel like there was a degree of cabin fever in a way that the u.s show everyone involved seemed to have much more of a sense of reality tv and the demands of reality TV and what the show wanted from them, where it really feels like the UK one, they were all trapped there and there was a sort of spiralling effect. You really got the sense of claustrophobia and the sense, like you say, of how it wore down people. Yeah. And I think in a way that's why there was a much more visceral response is because of that, the Brits, I feel like everyone was very emotional from the start on the American one, where I think people's sensibilities were much more exposed in the UK one by the relentlessness of the show as it went on. Yeah. And the kind of oppressive nature of it. I was also thinking, do you remember that line in When the Rain Stops Falling, when they're talking about how different countries can weather different metaphorical or literal storms differently depending on how naturally chaotic they are in terms of their Mm. history. And a country like Italy can kind of weather a lot of drama in its stride, whereas something like the UK is so, obviously sweeping generalisations here when I'm quoting this play, is so much more buttoned up and we're so much more used to the straight and narrow where if something like Brexit happens, it seems to completely throw us all off kilter and there's like a moment of mass hysteria. It felt a bit like that here where as soon as the dam broke, there was no fixing it. And what did feel very British to me is after people display very genuine instances of emotion, people sort of punished that and looked at it slightly askance where that guy who had the nervous breakdown and had to walk out of the round table. Aaron. Yeah, had a genuine panic attack. And then that mass, sorry, not masseuse, the massage therapist, the next morning was like, that performance was Oscar worthy. Only to burst into tears like 30 <laughs> seconds, seconds later. later. Like, put, my, put my name down on my Put my name on the phone down. I can't take it anymore. I can't. Oh, John, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so fucking more funny. to cover on that breakfast, yes. <laughs> which is basically the entire reason we're doing this episode. I just found it interesting how on the American version, the normal people also, it seemed to take an emotional toll on them and there would be lots of tears there, but that seemed to kind of be a defense for them. And whereas yes. on the UK version, it's like if anyone burst into tears, suddenly all eyes were on them and suspicion was thrown their way. Well, let's talk about really the 
first person voted off. Uh, you can't not talk about this on the oh UK traders. Now this I text you about. Also, obviously, spoiler alerts for both of these series. But the um, so the first person to be voted off the UK traders, obviously, and it's the same when you play mafia. When you're on the first round, you've got nothing to go on unless it's like, oh, I felt you shift or whatever. I think that's what's so funny about this show is that. It has all the pomp and circumstance and the camp and the budget, but it just boils down to the exact same game we all play in some kitchen, in some student housing. The minutiae where you have nothing to where go you're just on. like, oh, you just like weird vibes you're giving yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, I heard a bit of rustling over there. Exactly. And where you have to be so sort of absolute in it and so absolute in your... Uh, convictions and this is what you know one of the things I always found quite hard about the game and what I found hard watching it is people talking in these sweeping statements and sort of using these very definitive terms about something where categorically the point is you don't know and Mm -hmm. it requires such a a level of self-belief I've I've don't think I've ever seen but so the very first woman to be voted off was based off of the very flimsy evidence that she didn't cheers when they all decided to Cheers to the faithful. Outrageous. This woman only had one hand. <laughs> God. Because she had a disability and she very calmly explained when yeah. faced with this accusation that she hadn't cheers that the glass was closer to her So it was on her right hand side. <laughs> And where and right. she does, she was missing her right hand, which she very calmly explained. And you thought, oh, they're mm-hmm. all going to be really embarrassed about this and have to go, God, our oh, bad. That was that's that's mm-hmm. how humiliating we all have to sit. Nope, <laughs> nope. Don't they buy all it. were like, sorry, <laughs> I'm sticking to it. To be honest, I'm surprised it even got to that point because when they had that round table. And then the one traitor, Alyssa, noticed that. And she was like, she says in her talking head, I'm going to float this idea that Nikki is a traitor because she didn't cheers with everyone. I was like, no, don't do that. That's going to come back and bite you in the ass. People are going to, no, no one's, she's got a disability, you arsehole. And then suddenly everyone was like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? How are we going along with it was, this? It's it was kind- a very British faux pas start. There was a real pack mentality in the UK version. Well, in all the versions. And I think talking about the second person to be eliminated, Imran, who was a scientist, reminded us several times that he's like the youngest person in the world ever to get a PhD. I mean, am I going to tell them that I'm one of the youngest people ever to be involved in Mensa? No, probably not. No, no, uh, <laughs> am I Am I going to tell them that uh, that I already have my PhD when I'm only 12? No, probably not. Probably great. <laughs> or, great. All right, Imran. <laughs> yes. And it's very easy to make that witch hunt comparison. But in this case, it did feel very Crucible-esque where this scientist is saying, okay, guys, the first round, very calmly explaining, the first round, we all sort of lost ourselves a bit, got swept up in the mass hysteria and voted as sheep to eliminate someone who was a faithful. I'm just saying this time, let's try really taking in any evidence that we have and just voting using our heads rather than our hearts. And to that, everyone is like, he's a witch, get him out. And then that was like another thing with the emotion where it's a frustrating thing where in Traitors you seemingly can't win because there was this real butting of heads between Imran, who was very stoic and unemotional and all about facts and science, with Theo, who's like, I think with me heart and if I'm too emotional, then that's on you and maybe you need to stop being such a psychopath. Someone was saying to me the other day that they found Theo quite worrying. He had a heightened level of emotion that felt like he could sort of flip at any point. And his response, I don't think I've ever seen someone so sensitive to no. like the most flippant comments of being like, Theo, I think you're being a bit emotional that when it kept cutting to him sat looking at the ceiling being like... Yes, it was, there's a lot of ceiling work going <laughs> like, on. Like he was <sighs> just like... Uh, like... Oh my god! And just like a lot of heavy breathing as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I also want to talk about Faye, who from the start, for some reason, well, firstly from the start, was just instantly disliked by everyone. Yes. <laughs> With no real evidence. No. 
and uh, then went on to be considered a real sort of pillar of um, the community decision making and and people kept looking to her like I really you know Faye's very strong in her choices and she's very sure I'm sorry but every round table Faye flipped on her she'd say someone and then she'd be like yeah actually I think you're probably right I think it might be or whatever she was the flimsiest person I think just because she looked quite strong people thought that and she she, she did speak with a lot of authority she had like a weight yeah but she mm-hmm. actually flip-flopped back and forward endlessly that's very true and I hadn't actually mm-hmm. noticed that but now I'm like the Rolodex in my head I'm going back she's a traitor I said, I exa- don't trust that's her. what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, we had the infamous now. I think the person that I have to talk about next, uh, mm-hmm. and the only person who prompted any emotional response from my boyfriend in his sort of haze of not really watching the show, was Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> whom he loathed, and whom I loathed. I mean, to be fair to her, she was right. That was the worst part, was that she was <laughs> yeah. right, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And it was so frustrating, because I was like, she's going to feel vindicated if she finds out but the way she's gone about it i was so with aaron when those times where he'd just be like oh maddie you are i actually can't deal with you anymore she see it's one thing to do that at the round table and to go so for anyone who didn't watch maddie she would go in on the same people every time so relentlessly but with this what i was saying about talking in absolutes but also it was like a level of accusatory that was somehow very patronizing as well and mm-hmm. partly because she spoke in quite a labored way yeah it was um yeah. it was a bit like she was talking to a child where it was like yeah. i'm sorry wilf but i do just think it's you and then when he'd be like mm-hmm. well maybe you're a traitor and it'd be like yeah but i'm not i'm a faithful yeah and you are a traitor and stuff it was dry okay that's one thing in the round table but she was like that 24 7 if yeah. i'd been in there whether i was a traitor or not i'd have been like get her out like can, please please can the traitors mm-hmm. murder her tonight because i couldn't have lived with her she really reminds me there's a real housewife on dallas who has a very similar arguing style to maddie where there's like one really hilarious fight where she has with another woman who adopts a baby and she criticizes this woman for adopting the baby for whatever reason like, <laughs> it escapes me now and this woman's friend says you're bashing her for adopting a baby and the woman cameron is thick and thought she said that she's bashing an adopted baby. And then this woman, Cameron, is like, I would never bash an adopted baby. That's disgusting. And then people are like, no, I didn't say that. I was saying you were bashing Brandy for adopting a baby. And people would explain it again and again. And then it would just cut to Cameron going, but I would never bash an adopted baby (laughs) and it's like we know we get it and it's the same reprise with maddie there's no modulation in her argument or even her tone of voice where wilf would work himself up into a tizzy like tearing his hair out like giving blood giving a pound of flesh she's She's like like, yeah i just think you're lying i just think you're a traitor though it was so there was something about her delivery drove me absolutely mad and also the point they were all making even though she was right about wilf but the thing with it was like you're not exploring any other avenue you it's like it's so you're not playing the game this happens actually because in the interim in the time it took us to set up a time to record this podcast i took it upon myself to watch the australian traitors as well no and there's i can't wait to watch that it's very different gameplay in general they are so unemotional about it and they're very good at just keeping it a game and they're very good at the way that they work out these traitors so quickly but it's hilarious because what gets it going is there's this mad woman who's a clairvoyant and in the very first round table people keep saying well who do you think it's who do you think it is who do you think it is and she's like i'm gonna wait until the round table and so people are like here's the round table what do you think and she says i think it's this person this person this person and this person gets up leaves and then exits the game and never comes back out of the four people that she's named and there's also four traitors in the australian version she gets two out of the four right by the grace of god or maybe it's yeah. through her clairvoyancy who knows and they really cotton on to that and then there's this one guy mark who really spearheads this campaign to get these two traitors out and it's this infuriating maddie-esque thing where it's like well, you are right because they are traitors, but this is so batshit that we're doing it off of a woman who claims to be a clairvoyant predicted that it was Uh, these people. It's such a shame because this show, it's so good. And I'm so sad because 
it's going to now be a staple of television. And just like that early Real Housewives, it's so good at the beginning because it's just fresh and no one knows what they're doing. And it's all mm-hmm. different. And it's so sad because so quickly it's going to become formulaic and it's going to become, you know, what works for the show. And... Um, mm-hmm. I just think we have to really treasure these first seasons. Yeah, the effective simplicity of it, because also I think people's gameplay is going to be totally different. People are going to start circling the drain because people are then going to go, "Okay, so Maddie thought that I was a traitor, so we can't kill her because then it will look like I'm a traitor, which I am. But then people are going to think that that's what a traitor would do. So then maybe we should kill her. Yeah. But then maybe people... But also, it's a bit like my personal experience when we were playing Mafia was... I was actually very good at Mafia. And the problem with Mafia is if you have played a blinder one time mm. and won it... Yeah. You yeah. get voted out very quickly from then on. Because no matter how you play it, everyone's like, yeah, but Ellie's really good at this game. And so mm-hmm. we might as well just vote her out to see if... Like, yeah. there's nothing lost there. The element of the unknown is what makes people good at the game. And like you say, mm-hmm. for now, people will have a template that they're going on, yeah. that they're trying to subvert. And anyway, so I want to talk about the episode four, Breakfast. It's, I, I, I say this about every episode of The Real Housewives, it's the peak cross section of comedy and high drama. It's it's like a lofty, one of the operatic... It's so, it's the closest anything in UK television has come to that operatic style of New Jersey where it's... They're on this like long Midsommar-esque banquet table with like flowers and garlands everywhere. So the scene has already been set. Also, it's just like a perfect, it's like a perfect amount of time in. So they've had this very intense round table where a boy called Aaron had a total nervous breakdown sort of out of nowhere about being voted off by everyone. So emotions have been really high and everyone's clearly a bit shattered the next day from, especially him, from Mm -hmm. this. um, I don't think any of them have had realised entering the game how primal sort of a part of you is hit when you're accused of something you haven't done. And I Mm -hmm. think at that point, they're all suddenly like, oh, this is emotionally exhausting and this man john who up until this point has probably been like the most popular person in the game has just turned on a dime and become really quite vicious (laughs) and for some reason particularly nasty to this boy aaron because this poor boy aaron who happens to have adhd took an interest in john's big mistake which is a massage (laughs) therapist so he asked him lots of questions about how he got his certification and how many hours he had to put in and did he have to pay for it himself and blah 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 blah. so obviously that's very suspicious yeah why is he grilling me like that john felt like he was on trial yeah so in both versions of the show it's not massively clear. There's the occasional thing that gets added as part of the gameplay that I think is a bit murky. And this is one of those instances where Claudia Winkleman comes in and drops this big bombshell that tonight there will be no murder. Right. Instead, three people will be put on trial. And everyone's like, <gasps> and I was like, what? what is that? And it was never really clarified. <laughs> and it was the same in the US one where everyone was like, no. And I was like, what yeah. does that mean? On trial. Because, and it was like the traitors will watch their every move. And it was like, they're doing that anyway. Yeah, there's no real trial. You just sort of go about your day and hope for the best that you don't get murdered. And there was no on trial. I thought it was, I thought You'd have to, like, when it was introduced that they were going to, that it was going to, do you remember in Mafia, there'd be a point where you had to get up and plead your case? Yes. I thought it was going to be yes. like that, that they had to get up one mm-hmm. by one and say why they weren't a traitor. Mm-hmm. Um, no such luck. Anyway, they all come down to breakfast. No one's dead. Shocker. Instead... We find out. So so John's come down and immediately had a go at Aaron for crying last night. For just being there. Yeah. For just being there. That he's still there. So emotions are already quite high. Claudia Winkleman comes in and drops the bombshell that three people are on trial. And those people are Ivan, Alex and John. And immediately it's like they've just found out that tonight one of them will be receiving the death penalty. Ivan bursts into tears If If Ivan just bursts into tears. I mean, but in such an authentic, raw way. <laughs> just like pure, pure emotion. He bursts into tears. John then, amazingly, having just had a go at Aaron for his Oscar-winning performance last night, has a small breakdown and uh, and basically dares them all to write his name that night so that he can prove 
his innocence <laughs> and it's so high drama this thing of being like it's it he basically is like you'll see you're all see yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like whilst leaving you'll the room see the truth and being yeah, chased very down Bador. the corner yeah. very very shannon Bador. she would be good in it oh my god oh absolutely next one she'd get be shannon Bador. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah she would go crazy she'd be so paranoid anyway. so one ingredient in the uk production that worked very well is that there was a couple who pretended they weren't a couple an obnoxious magician called tom with pink hair and his girlfriend alex and just for fun they threw in uh, a very sweet bmx <laughs> rider called oh, matt and basically said matt we'd love cutie. you to to be totally in love with with she's alex. single and she really fancies she's you. single and if we could just get some vox pops of you being like i mean i didn't come here to find a i want to marry her but like yeah, yeah. now it looks like i'm gonna leave with one oh. so john's just walked out the room in a hissy fit tom takes this moment in one of the most manic episodes of anything i've ever seen to stand up clearly he's had in his head okay at some point this needs to come out that we're a couple in a really good reality tv show way mm-hmm. and it's like he's like now 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 it's now it's now it's now it's now and he stands up and he's like guys god he's so so fundamental guys guys um so this is a lot this is a lot what i'm gonna say but i'm telling you now alex isn't a traitor she's not a traitor but she's my girlfriend and everyone's like what and then what then happens can only be described as the most intense case of like word vomit. He becomes this unstoppable yeah. more where he's like, she's my girlfriend. I'm sorry. We lied. Uh, particularly sorry to you, Matt. That's been really difficult. Um, guys, I've massively underplayed who I am. I'm a magician. I read people for a living. I've massively underplayed it. It's really clear to me. Uh, Ivan's a traitor. Sorry, Ivan. You, I think you've done a great game. You're brilliant. And uh, uh, <laughs> Hannah, you're a traitor. And everyone's just like, he's just like, boom, boom, boom. Anyway, he goes on this complete torrent. It is word vomit in a way that I didn't know that's what people actually did. I thought that was like a theatrical, like stage placeholder for no, nervousness. It's, it's I didn't know people in real life actually word vomited like that. Yeah. And then there's that amazing moment where I think it's Amanda is like, um, all right, Tom, I've got to stop you because it's a lot. And he just goes, <laughs> yeah. And just like leans over and it's literally like, he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a game. Yeah, no, it's a game, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's an amazing moment. You're never where his, going to find them. His girlfriend gets up and tries to very calmly be like, "Okay, I, I didn't know Tom was going to do that. Um, I know this is a lot for you all." And as she's speaking off camera, Tom just gives these little like tidbits into. So she'll be like, "It's been horrible for us hiding. Horrible. Um, we never <laughs> meant for this. No, we didn't. Um, we we knew. Yeah, yeah. It's just. Oh, and in the middle of all of this, Maddie wonderfully turns to Matt who looks like he's just had his heart smashed into a million pieces oh. and just goes I thought you was gonna get with Alex yeah, shut like, yes shut up thank Maddie. you Maddie shut up we've got Hannah kicks off at being accused as well and she's got she's a great kind of naught to a hundreder of just like she's oh, in a no, perpetual fuck this. like <laughs> yeah even ev- at the end of every round table even like mm. the second round table we're not that far into the game she'll be like right I'm really fucked off now yeah, right yeah, exactly. it's like a perpetual state of I'm at a 10 <laughs> right and then just to top it all off lovely BMX rider Matt tries to string a sentence together about why he's upset only to burst into tears burst into tears but it's tears. like he deflates into his own arm and again pink haired magician Tom just doesn't pick up on it and is a bit like yeah Matt it's been particularly hard with you mate uh, like oh, and, and you're just like oh shut up at which point we have glorious Amanda who is of course secretly a traitor stopping yeah. everyone with a kind of enough 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 a Taylor yeah, yes moment. very Taylor you're never yeah. going to find them you're never going to find them <laughs> uh, it's extraordinary it's so good and it's like they all just took a massive shit the relief afterwards it's like the, the i know it's so great we it's that kind of emotion that we never see on any of the other traits well i was about to say i think that the us one was missing that because there was a lot of performative emotion and there was a lot mm-hmm. of like this is how much it means to me but we never lost control like that breakfast did right. and that's really what we want to see it's another one where I feel like the tra- the producers for the traitors clearly are like champing at the bit to work in a Lord of the Flies reference somewhere. Uh-huh. 
But it kind of, they don't need to really shoehorn it in because it really does happen. And by the point that Kieran and Amos return to the game, they're like, what the hell's happened? We left these people at the beginning of the game and they were normal, civilized human beings. And it's like the humanity has just completely been destroyed. Yeah, I definitely, I think that the US one was always too in control of itself. And with that emphasis on like show, everything was Mm. like much more planted. I also think, sorry. No, sorry, my my dog strongly disagrees about that. Traitor. (laughs) Molly, you'll be getting my vote tonight. Way too much emotion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, I think um, talking about Kieran and uh, Amos. Oh, we haven't spoken about Andrea. A lovely seven-year-old widowed lesbian. Well, you're all my grandchildren. From now is all I can say. Now, the problem with Andrea being involved was you can't put someone in who people are too heartbroken to accuse. I think the best thing would have been if she had been a traitor. I thought I found it a little bit tricky. And it's one of the things that's a hard dynamic with the show. The one time that it was even remotely questioned and she started crying Mm. in the roundtable. And I thought, well, this is... (laughs) This is difficult because I think if you have someone, I think... Everyone has to be fair game. And something I found hard with the show was when someone like Maddie would be like, I don't think it's Kieran because he's got kids. And it was like, you were literally there when Claudia Winkleman chose and tapped people on the shoulders. (laughs) Like, it's so stupid. This idea that people kept being like, oh, they couldn't do it. And I'm like, no, you all could do it because the point of the show was that any of you could be traitors. They probably would pick the person who's least likely to do it. That's what, and I think that'll be interesting going forward with future series, whether they lean into keep that, to that. There seemed to be a similar demographic in all of the traitors where they'd have like one young guy who's a bit of a loose cannon and seems to like enjoy it a bit too much. Christian. And then there's like, <laughs> yeah. And then there's one like maternal mother yes. hen that no one suspects and they think she can possibly do it because she's got kids. Well, that's so the thing is that see- it- Exactly. And I found it interesting when Andrea was like, well, you know, I'm so, I, I have to, I'll start things off. I just have to say, um, you know, I think it has to be, it has to be young people. So I am going to look at you young people. And it's like, why? The traitors aren't having to do added jogs up the hill. No, you're not doing a decathlon before exactly. you murder someone. <laughs> Generally, that was quite an interesting thing that on the US show, they tried to pretend as if they were all staying in the castle. And on the UK one, they very much yes. into the fact that they obviously weren't staying on the castle. And I just couldn't get my head around the logistics of the show because I kept thinking, well, hang on, do the people who are the traitors, do they have to get driven back to the castle in the middle of the night? When do they sleep if they're having to I know, I was wondering that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how and also- do people not notice... Yeah, so are they all... So they're sequestered, presumably, in, like, a a premiere inn somewhere. But then are they all on the same floor? Are they in rooms next to each other? Because then would they then... You'd notice... If you're a faithful, you're in your room, would you hear the PA coming to get someone from the room next door I to you? I kept thinking about it. And you're like, well, I know the Amanda's next door to me. Yeah. So, yes, that was on my, on my mind. Especially the mm-hmm. times when they'd, like, add a traitor and they'd be like, they'll be right here in a minute. And I was like, well, that can't work. You can't. <laughs> they can't just be like right, yeah. stood in that turret for three hours. Right. Kieran and Amos. Amos, very, mm-hmm. oh, what did you think? So that was one thing that was missing on the US one was the sort of reintroduction. I thought that was a great play in the first episode when they got rid of two people immediately. Oh, yeah. It was like, we're not fanning about here. This is cutthroat from the beginning. And I let me tell you, I would have gone because I would have put myself in It would have been you and me, I would have been it? Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been nice, mate. <laughs> Thanks, Claudia. All the best. I may um, have to incorporate that into my teaching style next term. I guess, yes, <laughs> like, just for shit. Which giggles. two people think they're not gonna, they're, that they're going to do the worst on my Sondheim course? Like, Get out! I take you at your word. You fail. And then halfway through, be like, jokes. The they're doing send to the clowns. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's bring them back. Um, um, so yes, the... I guess they can't do that in the American one. They can't fly a load of people from America oh, yeah. <laughs> all the way to the Scottish Islands and pe- they put them there. They don't. They don't even allow them into the castle. And they're like, right, that's fuck true. Off. That would have been amazing. Back to though. Michigan. And yeah. um, I didn't know how I felt about people coming in halfway through. And whilst I thought they did well, I didn't love Kieran. I found something in him set me on edge and I think that really came to the forefront after he was recruited by Wilf because Mm -hmm. 
I mean, Wilfred shot himself in the foot with that one. To pick the person sort of most defensive. Yeah. There was a real... Um, I only seem to be able to describe it in like a physical action of like a a digging in of heels. And mm-hmm. just those last few episodes, it really put me on edge to that whole thing of being like, mate, you've been saying something about me where I just thought it was like, I went to a real sort of Danny Dyer thing. Right, of just right. like, you fuck me around. I'll fucking take you down with me kind of thing. And you could see that Wilf was like, I'm in too deep. <laughs> and there There's was something... a slight sense of like, oh, I've been burned. Yeah, Kieran was very humorless about his gameplay. And there was no yes. sense of appreciating the Camp. ridiculousness of meeting exactly. in a turret in a cloak and a hood. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that really, it kind of ruined the ending for me. I I totally agree. It soured the high campness into being, I actually found the last episode of the UK one very stressful to watch mm-hmm. because you knew that, that they were going to go for Kieran and the, and the way that Kieran played it, that he knew that and it was just like, yeah, all right, let's just get to the end. And that they were like, why aren't you fighting this? And mm-hmm. you knew he was going to take Wolf down as well. So you could yeah, see yeah. it coming and that was just uncomfortable because you thought, Oh, you're not playing the game. One thing I really appreciated yeah. with the US one was that none of the traitors ever dobbed in, even if they'd been fucked over. They understood right. the gameplay exactly. well enough that you don't... I thought that was actually really poor form. Yeah, it wasn't cricket. And then there must be a rule where they say, if you're a traitor and you've been eliminated, you can't say, by the way... Wilf's a traitor but clearly Kieran was doing as much right. as he possibly could to say that and I just so thought he words. could have I thought he could have said Wilf mm-hmm. as his person without saying a parting gift and making right, right, it right. it felt a bit like someone ruining it felt like sometimes when we would play Mafia on those drunken nights in Edinburgh you'd be right near the end of the game and one of the dead people would accidentally sort of speak or say something that gave it away and it's it feels like you've wasted yeah, yeah, yeah. So much time right. and investment in something that's a bit spoiled. And it's kind of then means there's no possible way that the traitors could win because it's only by luck that Ari didn't do the same thing to Siri, Seri? Uh, well, the he didn't version. because I think he understood. He understood because then I think TV they tried, the, the producers try and engineer it where. I think if the Faithfuls are really good and they eliminate a lot of the traitors early on, they're always going to keep recruiting new traitors and they'll try and have it so that there's at least two traitors in the very last episode. So I think there's always going to be a scenario where there's a traitor banished at the round table and then there's one traitor left. But then if every traitor who's banished at that final round table then dobs in the remaining traitor, then the faithfuls are then going to banish them they're never going to win which is why it'd be so great if there was one where it was like there were two traitors left with one faithful and they didn't like that's what happened in in the australian one oh no stop saying spoilers oh sorry 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 yeah um yes the ending was just a little however i was also getting stressed because at the time i was watching and i thought if wilf does win this how on earth is he going to explain to them when he was swearing was he swearing on his kids or when he got hysterical, I was like, now I'm actually uncomfortable because I actually don't know how you're going to undo this lie. I'm surprised that more people didn't say the line of like, I swear on my kids' lives, I swear on my mother's life. It kind of happened that one time. And for me, maybe that means different things to different people, but I I could never swear on like my mum's life no. about something I was lying about. If I didn't, totally. And it really like threw me. And because we take that as... I think that's one of the few things left in the world that we take as such, like, you take it at face value. Which is why it's so annoying, because Ramona does that all the time, and then will be, like, shown up as it not having happened, like the sort of table at the gala thing with Dorinda or whatever. I swear on my daughter's life. I swear on the... It's like, (laughs) it's it's so true that it's like, we really, I really believe someone if they do that. Um, So, yeah, it had a slightly... And I thought what was nice about the ending of the UK one is that by the Faithfuls winning at the end, it had a kind of joyful, triumphant end. The most undeserving, like, Meryl, bless her, is (laughs) so naive. The most of... Kieran's basically said, Wilf's a traitor. And even then she's like, well, I trust everyone. So, (laughs) another thing about the ending quickly of the UK one, and then we must talk about the US one. I really don't understand the fire business because they all pick a thing from a box i can get my head around that it's a bit faffy Mm. but like it makes Mm -hmm. a pretty color what is the point of the host then taking the thing off them Mm -hmm. putting it in a bag which suggests that they all get mixed up 
and then yeah. pulling them out one by one and saying, this is yours. Where I'm like, how do you know? Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me why they didn't throw their own thing in. It's a stressful job doing this show. I've thought about this. If I were to host The Traitors, the fear that I would accidentally graze someone in the initial round table. When I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, people, yeah. I was thinking that. Accidentally let slip someone's name or like say traitors when I meant traitor or, you know. Yeah. It's a Whatever. lot. It's a it's a high oh, power. Did you hear about this? So it wasn't on the show. They didn't show it. But apparently the reason why a lot of people knew that Alyssa was a traitor in the end is because there was some downtime during one of the tasks mm. and her and a few of the other faithfuls were doing impressions of Claudia and Alyssa, it was her turn. And she went, good evening, traitors. And everyone was like, what? She never says good evening, traitors. Like, like only if you're a traitor would you hear her say traitors. Oh, th- that would be so stupid. Come on, Alyssa, you're did. better than that. I know. I'm so I know. disappointed. I know. Duh. Um, anyway, US. Anyway. Okay, let's power through so this. This was kind of the reason why we wanted to talk about it on. The yeah, we should have said that right at the beginning. Because, <laughs> because, yeah, Brandy Glanville uh, rocks up on the traitors. Yeah, and so it was very it's... confusing for me because I just finished the UK one and I was I was so surprised if Brandy hadn't been on it, they might as well have all been normies on the US yeah. one because I didn't know who anyone was. So it was very discombobulating for my head to watch something where I didn't know who anyone was except one very specific person, right? Who was also quite I thought misplaced in this show. I think that's what's so funny about the American version is that there's this. First of all, there's a couple of schisms. There's a clear divide between the celebrities and the normal people. Yes. And the normal people are basically, I think the show suffers because of it, because it then means that half of the cast are completely overshadowed. They're not fleshed out. They cannot stand up to these massive media savvy personalities who are in the room. It makes no sense why they wouldn't make it all C-list celebrities. Right. Or right. all normal people. And then you're kind of annoyed because then you're like, oh, well, Reza looked like really fun TV and he was like voted out really early. And now we've got these kind of really boring people who are too nervous to say anything who are staying on because they're just flying under the radar. So we have that. But then also within the celebrities that we have, there's then a very clear divide between the likes of Brandy Glanville and Kate and Reza and basically all the Bravo people. Mm -hmm. And then the people who have done survivor or big brother the people who are well versed in this sort of reality competition where they have the skills of subterfuge and manipulation their social game is really good and that is what was so really funny about brandy in particular in that she's very astute and very perceptive and she managed to clock two of the three traitors pretty much immediately so she's very good at that part of the game but then she's terrible at the really necessary other part of the game of you need to sort of keep a low profile (laughs) and fly under the radar so going around the castle and basically like cornering people going you're a traitor and you're a traitor isn't really the way to play the game because then you have a massive target on your back from the beginning i do think that she was also the victim same with reza of the traitors playing quite an interesting hand at the beginning which was get rid of really unexpected big personalities yeah so no one's safe so i actually i really respected that the show did that because they must have hoped that brandy would be on it much longer yeah I'm assuming that she got a salary for it. So they're kind of like, well, we paid for her. She's only, yeah. So that was interesting. Let's talk about the traitors themselves on the US one. Uh, Interestingly Mm. chosen, we have to talk about Christian. One thing that I loved about the US traitors compared to the UK one was the inclusion of one traitor who was terrible at being a traitor. Yes. Because all three of the UK traitors were really good at being traitors. And yes. to the point that I was like, I don't think I would be very good at this. Mm-hmm. Not not at the level. It's one thing when you're playing for one night as a game. Mm-hmm. It's like on a on an everyday level. I thought that they did brilliantly. Christian, who is this? I described him to someone as your worst nightmare when your friend's like, I've got a new boyfriend and here he is. And Christian walks in in one of his many hats. He's so that guy. And you're like, oh "Oh, no. He's the kind of guy who would tell you during sex that he respects you. And I don't mean that in like a positive, like I mean that in like a, oh my God, shut up way. Like everything. He's just so happy. He's just so, he's like, like, he's like a, a puppy dog, but in a totally uncharming way. And I'm so thrilled that they picked him. And my favourite thing about the whole series was watching every time he very unsubtly tried to play like a move as a traitor. And it was cut to Siri just being like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) Why are you talking? 
He's also, there's a guy on the Australian traitors as well who's a bit like this, where he's also a little bit too close to sociopathy for my liking. He's enjoying it a little bit (laughs) too much. And like talks about murdering them in like a very literal way. He'll be like, I'm just like cleaning my blade yeah, yeah. and getting ready for the new one and cleaning the blood off of it. And you're like, oh God, Christian, chill out. But watching him every breakfast do the like, no. <gasps> yeah. I know that we have the benefit of knowing who the traitors are, but it's like, guys, you, this guy is so obvious right now. Why would you be going after someone like Kate who, yes, like, exactly. who draws attention to herself so much? It doesn't make any sense, which leads me to this guy, Quentin, who is the funniest <laughs> character He's that trope as well of I do X job, which means I'm really good at reading people. And then they go on to be terrible at the game. I think he got it wrong every single every episode. Every single time. And it's one thing to be wrong every single episode. Loads of people are, but it's the way he was loud and wrong at the same time. Yes. And there's like a smugness to him where he thinks he's really telegenic and he'll like say something in a quite a, like a quippy media savvy way where he'll be like, Kate, you're on my list. I'm adding things up and the math ain't math insist, so you're on and then it will get to the point where whatever he's saying the truth is the literal diametrical opposite and there was one episode where he was like i can tell you one thing for sure the three people i trust in this castle are and i'm like don't say it and he goes on to be like cody siri and christian they're the only three i'm convinced they're faithfuls is so fucking funny and every time he's proven wrong there's no contrition there's no element of like maybe i should reassess my gameplay here he's just carries on it chugging was amazing doing what he's doing. you know what else i loved was when sari wanted to go after nick who was like cody's friend and it became very like guttural that oh, sense of him yeah, being yeah, yeah. like it was very um that mafia thing of like are you prepared to do this and him being like yeah i'll do it and being like really because you seem kind of emotional about this and being like shut up i'm not emotional about it i'll do it fine we'll yeah, kill him. Yeah, yeah. and the yeah, funniest yeah. thing was this was all about someone who i swear to god i had not noticed once on the show when he died i was like who <laughs> and yeah. they kept think- showing me pictures and i was like i have never seen that man before in my life yeah the editing I found very lopsided and the same with the Australian one. Some people you just would never see or suddenly they oh, pop up. Oh, also there was like the woman, was she called Amanda or something? The woman who Alan Cummings one morning is like, and yes, you will have all noticed that Amanda has left us or whatever. And I was like, yeah, and you're like I didn't even notice she's yeah. gone or who. Oh, news to me. All right. Could have fooled me. Moving um, on. I thought the UK version did a very good job of fleshing out these unknown people. Everyone, we have no yeah. prior relationship with them. Much and better. It felt very equal. Um, I really enjoyed Christian's appalling move to thinking he was being so clever. And it was sort of his ultimate downfall to say that he'd been recruited yeah. and had said no. And it was just wonderful watching everyone's response and watching it fall like a lead balloon and then cutting to him in the corridor being like, yeah, I fucked up. Fucked up, fucked up. <laughs> yeah he should have learned from cody because cody pulled the same thing with Big mistake. Kyle, where he's like yes. it's so weird like when they were going upstairs last night they were like if anything happens to me look at this person and i'm not going to give any spoilers away last time i'm going to talk about it but on the australian version a similar thing happens where someone gets a bit sloppy they say that same story like before they died they said look at this person and the person that they're telling it to doesn't believe it but they don't let it show and then they systematically spend the rest of the day going to every other person and they say we're going to vote for this traitor we're not going to tell them we're not going to even talk about it at the round table we're just going to write their name on the board and blindside them it's very good gameplay. Exciting. I love that you were like, no spoilers, but here's exactly what happens is in this one episode. Beat for beat, what happens? <laughs> so I want to chat quickly about the ending of the US one. Because... Oh, no, wait, before that, because I oh, want to talk about Rachel. Oh, of course. Of course. She's so... I'm familiar with her work previously, her oeuvre, um, because she was on three editions of The Amazing Race. And that's the only one of those reality shows that I watch. And she's very good but she has that weird affectation to her where for someone who's basically lived her life on reality tv she is like every girl who's never left your hometown yes you know she's like very just basic i guess so we have this really hilarious feud between her and kate where Kate, say what you will about her. I loved her. Round of applause. I loved her. But that one scene where they're doing the cabin in the woods (laughs) task and Rachel's like, 
oh my god I, I filmed a scary movie in a cabin in the wood once and then without missing a beat Kate goes was it your honeymoon <laughs> 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 so fucking funny and then the eventual round table. So again, it feels very similar to John, actually, where Rachel's whole thing was like, I play these games for a living. Like, it's just a game. I don't take it seriously. And then as soon as people start systematically voting her out of that round table, she Fuming. gets so Fuming. emotional, Fuming. takes it so personally. Like, every person, she has a whole et tu brute speech prepared. Well, I don't believe you, but great. Why the sad face? Mm. No, mm. you're not sad. No. <laughs> I'm a fucking faithful. It's amazing. It's very good. Yes, Rachel's exit, phenomenal. And to finish off, the end of the show. So, so I tell you what I want to talk about. How did Sari Blag voting off Ari at the last moment with no explanation? Yeah. And sort of a vague hint of like, I don't think you deserve yeah to get this yeah and really quite easily read into as like because you came in too late mm-hmm. and the other two are just like wow and then at the last minute cerebral's a blinder and catches a traitor like that and yeah. we're just so grateful i don't understand how that didn't give her away i know it's actually very poor gameplay but she terrible it because she lucked out because i guess the two faithfuls left are two of the most blindly trusting loyal, people trusting people ever who literally are just like thank god for sari thank god we <laughs> had her <laughs> just dragging us through this game oh my god watching that ending of her revealing it and it was just funny it was amazing but it was also like um exactly what the uk won when i was like but what happens if he wins? Surely it just ends on a really sad note. And then it was like, ah, that's what happens. It, it does, does end yeah. on a really sad yeah. note. And it's the strangest thing to watch a reality TV show, like a game. And it ends with just this whimper of you betrayed your friends, broken their hearts. Andy being there being like, I give you grace. Yeah. <laughs> and I forgive you or whatever. And it's just like, I hope you're happy, Sari. <laughs> Here's your money. <laughs> I think that's why we had to have this ending on the UK version and I think this is maybe why the UK one was way more emotional is that we our reality television is actually comparatively not that cutthroat in the sense that we don't have Survivor our iteration of Big Brother you're just hanging out in a house and the public vote you out there's no like jockeying for dominance Mm. or getting like power of veto there's so much more of a primacy placed on American television with manipulation and playing that sort of social game and I think they can take it a lot more in their stride i actually think if wilford just won outright it would have been too much of a bit totally. of pill for us the british public to swallow for our its very first season yeah maybe in future right. series we will have more of a palette for it but it's very very funny very good stuff had me on tenterhooks from beginning to end and you're so right i feel like every season following it will probably be trying to replicate. it was just a joy to be there to witness those first seasons and also it was one of those zeitgeist mm-hmm. moments where everyone was talking about it and it felt like when the first married at first sight australia dropped during lockdown here i mean that was a much bigger commitment but mm-hmm. i love those moments where every it's like you were there for that series and everyone was in it together it was nice for me to feel part of the conversation because i'm never normally very au fait with what's going on apart from real housewives so it was nice for me to be a part of that that's true it was nice to feel like i could have the the kind of trash conversations with a wider group of friends. I really appreciated that. Yeah. But all of that being said, as special as this episode yeah. has been, we must get back to Real Housewives in the very near future. Yeah. Should we record something? So, like, are you? What's your sketch like? The crowds. The crowds are bang. Let's not even touch on my schedule. Okay. But I'm sure that we'll work it all out. Right. But <laughs> but I feel like everyone is clearly positively gagging mm-hmm. for us to positively gagging suddenly just yes wait, that was a bit much <laughs> work the house down purse boots <laughs> i feel like it's time for us to suddenly just be like boom shannon Bador, or like you know i don't know chuck something yeah. really exciting into the mix yeah, yeah yeah who would be a good housewife on traitors i mean apart from brandy glanville obviously apart from shannon Bador. Who, would, who do you think no but like who do you think would genuinely play a good game rather than just being good tv I have one in my head. Tamara? Yes. She'd be very good. Who do you have in your head? I was going to say Heather Dubrow. I think no. she'd be voted out quite early, actually. 
Yeah, she's quite unlikable in that way. I'm trying to think who's stuck it out for ages on the shows because I think that's one thing with Tamara is that she's fucked up so many times, but there's something inherently like people just want her around. Yeah. I don't think remember, Bethany would probably be really good. Yeah. Bethany would be a very good faithful and she'd be very good at like staying on the show and accusing people. I don't know how good she'd be as an actual traitor. She has that self-assuredness that you kind of do. It's such a tricky one to get right being a faithful because you sort of do have to be loud in your opinion and put a lot of yeah. blind faith into it with no real empirical evidence. Ooh, and just hope maybe we need right. like a Bluestone Manor traitors crossover of oh like God, they real housewives and the traitors. Dorinda would take it literally though and actually start killing people. I'm very excited by the next lineup of Ultimate Girls Trip. Ellie, the way I've been walking around with this rosy haze around me, just the thought that somewhere, somewhere on this planet, there are cameras on Alex McCord right this very second. It makes me so giddy. It's added 10 years to my life. I love that I'm in a new relationship and I'm like skipping down the street and you're just like, me too. (laughs) Alex McCord, she's back, baby. Yeah. Hopefully there'll be a part deux to our Alex McCord episode. I'm sure she's going to give us so many gems. I would love that so much. I've got my creative juices flowing for this coming season. Well, we shall convene Toot Suite and uh, and work out who's next on uh, on our hit list. Sounds good, yes. <laughs> I'll meet you in the tower tonight. Thank you so much for joining us on the Housewives Archives. If you enjoyed the show, then please uh, give us a like or a co- do we have a like? Give us a comment or leave us a review. <laughs> give us a poke. <laughs> or on subscribe. Um, we really appreciate your support and uh, we can't wait to uh, come back soon. I think it's more fun when I make them up. Bye. Yeah, just riff. Bye.